Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Tone was, but... Anyway, welcome to this week's... This is the Matrix Discussion Group call. I'm sitting here in the chat with Sean, who's been here with us. There's a lot of traffic. I'm a couple posts that I've got a little touch on it this evening as well. But anyway, Sean, we were just chatting, and I were mentioning something about, you know, Avenue, we're really supposed to be approaching things from, and you know, I mentioned group of people been working on since like the 70s, and they've moved past that. And I've gone to where I heard in your experiment. All right, so uh, oh, you've been cutting it in and out again, and I just wanted to let you know because I have a feeling that might be on the recording too. I don't know if I'm just, if it's only fading out on my end, but my image has stayed. So uh, I don't know. You might want to repeat maybe the Every, last minute. Or so. Yeah, everything looks perfect here. Okay. Um, no, I, I was just mentioning you were touching on, uh, you know, Maybe a lot of us are approaching things regarding the court or whatever from the wrong direction. Yeah. Well, I really do believe that. And um, you know what? Uh, it's very interesting because I just came across, uh, I actually had somebody friend me out of the blue the other day. And uh, he has his own channel and he's Canadian uh, from Edmonton, Alberta. I don't know what inspired him to reach out to me because it was him reaching out and sending a friend request to me. And as soon as I did, he sent me a, um, a video and it was basically <clears throat> him. And he's talking to uh, the wife of pastor Coates. I'm sure you've heard that whole story down in the U S it's basically been a worldwide issue. Uh, pastor Coates getting arrested for, for uh, preaching um, and having too many people in his church and not wearing masks and that kind of thing. And he was held in a maximum security prison, Brian, for like 30 days, for a full month. And they finally uh, released him um, if he agreed to pay a $100 fine. And uh, I haven't actually talked about that yet, um, but it's something that I want to discuss on my blog because I know kind of what that's all about. Um, and... Uh, Anyway, this guy that I was just telling you about that reached out to me from Edmonton, Alberta, I'll have to go to Facebook and find out what his name is again. But anyway, um, he was touching on a lot of stuff that I have been believing as well. Um, you know, basically saying that, you know, none of the lawyers are going to be helping you. They're not going to be representing your interests the way that you want them to. Um, if any of the lawyers were actually doing what they should be doing and knew the law the way that they should, he said, you should have been out of that jail that day 
the first day that you got arrested, a good lawyer who knew what they were doing would have got you out. He said they left you in there for 30 days and they weren't able to get you out. That tells you that the lawyer doesn't know what he's doing. Um, I've said before that lawyering used to be called deviling. I don't, I'm sure you're aware of that. Um, and it's, it's actually something that uh, the master magicians and, and those occulted societies or whatever, some of them take on apprentices as devilers. That's, that's one of their jobs is to, is to get a license to practice law and they do deviling. Um, and deviling is to try and get bills passed or to sometimes stop bills from passing if they don't like what they're doing or whatever. Like, you know, so, uh, so lawyers are very much mixed in that game and they're all playing for the same team. Um, my position is that we're supposed to be really representatives of God and God's kingdom. And uh, I'm not really, I think the best book to give you guidance with respect to our laws is the Bible. And, and uh, that's just because that's the system that the Roman Catholic Church has used to set up the system that, you know, is in place today. But I, I would suggest that, you know, basically any one of those major books of faith, um, you put that up on the court of record as your defense and then start quoting from that book in a court of law. And, and, you know, then you are basically acting in your, in your true capacity. And I think anybody has the right uh -huh. to do that. I don't think you need to get status change and all that stuff. Maybe I'm wrong on that. That's just it. I'm, I don't claim to be an expert in that area and I don't ever want to be. Um, I want to be true to my creator. So pass the floor back to you. <laughs> that kind of reminds me of the phrase uh, devil's advocate. Exactly. Exactly. I actually just watched that movie a couple of weeks ago again, Brian, because I wanted to see what that was all about again, because it had been so long. But that's exactly it. That's deviling right there. Um, you're basically selling your soul to get deals. And, and uh, with respect to why, you know, a lot of people are asking questions. Why would the court suddenly just say, OK, you know what? Hundred dollar fine, you can get out. How does somebody, you know, get released from a maximum security prison? by agreeing to pay a $100 fine. It just doesn't make any sense. It makes perfect sense if people understand how the system works because they don't like, and his charges are gonna be withdrawn as well, right? That's it. All we had to do was pay the $100 and, and the charges against him disappeared. So basically what I'm trying to explain to people is it's the very same thing as if you were to go into to court and they say, you know, you know what, um, we're willing to withdraw these charges. Uh, we just want you to sign here to, to agree to keep the peace for the next year or whatever. <laughs> it's an admission of guilt. People don't understand that. But that's what it is. When you make an, a, an agreement to that, you're basically saying, yeah, OK, um, you know what? I'm agreeing. Um, and, uh, you know, I think and I don't blame him, really, that he just wanted to get the hell out of jail. So, you know, $100 is, is better than, you know, the alternative. And they would have really just slapped him back in there. And he doesn't have somebody that, you know, basically is, is looking at the law from the spiritual perspective that's going to provide him the remedy that I think he wants. So, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Have you uh, followed that issue at all? Um, I, don't, I don't think I'm really familiar with that particular case. Okay. Okay. Um, it's a really good one, and it did get international attention. It was uh, talked about on Fox uh, News and everything. Sorry, go, go ahead. Um, you cut out for a sec. 
here on like Louisiana, maybe it was Louisiana. Hmm. Was held for the same kind of stuff for holding service. They oh. sentenced him to some period of time of house arrest. Okay. Right. And one of his congregation members actually video video at the house when the sheriff showed up and the came sat on the table Wow, you're really choppy, Brian. Like I don't know uh, 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 and the funny thing Yeah, you just cut out entirely. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You're not using a new headset, right? You said you're using a new phone? Find a problem with connection on this end either. Yeah, because uh, like really, I couldn't make sense of anything. It was just like, that's all I heard. Huh. Okay. Now you're sounding good. <laughs> all right. And you, okay. And well, your image is back, so I don't know. Um, yeah, you sound good now. Okay. Did you want to repeat that? You said right, well, one word I did catch was something in Louisiana, and uh, you got let out, but I didn't hear any more details. Right. <clears throat> Louisiana, and oh, what interesting sentences with house arrest. And the thing was, is that one of the members of his congregation actually filmed it at his house when the sheriff came. And hmm. the sheriff sat down with him at the at the dining room table and explained the ankle monitor to him, told him he was going to have house arrest for X amount of time, told him the things he could do and couldn't do. And then the interesting thing was he went and he slid over a piece of paper in front of him and said, this is the consent form. This is where you yeah. And this pastor just automatically grabbed the pen. Yeah. Everything they want to do can only be done with your consent. And you just gave the signature for your consent to all of this crap. That's right. And they're threatening people. Like, and that's that's the threat is that you know what, you don't sign this, we're gonna put you in jail for another however many days, like indefinitely, potentially, right, until his hearing. Um, and they weren't in any rush to get the hearing happening. And what they are trying to avoid, in my opinion, is bringing it to trial. Because if they bring it to trial, then they have to produce the evidence that shows that this pastor was causing harm to somebody, that he's actually a risk to the public, that these laws are justified, blah, 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 right? And, and they don't want to be compelled to do that. And so they're trying to work around something where they can basically intimidate this guy into accepting a deal. And that's what he did. He, he accepted a deal. They're not going to phrase it that way. But um, I did actually listen to another podcast that was sort of giving uh, it was an ex police officer from Britain, believe it or not. Uh, but he lives in Edmonton, Alberta as well right now. And he was explaining how this all works. And, and he was basically just saying, you know, like, he said, you might have different codes and statutes and acts here in Canada, he said, but it all works the same way, he said, in the court systems. He says, so when you sign, he said, it doesn't matter if you're signing a, uh, you know, community service and they tell you that that's going to wipe out your record, you'll have no record of this and blah, blah, blah. It all goes away. He says, don't kid yourself into thinking that that is not an admission of guilt. 
He said, the moment you sign that paperwork, you can no longer sue the court. Bang. That's what they did. It's just like uh, when somebody is, um, oh gosh, it's escaping my tongue right now. Um, A pardon, when somebody's pardoned, okay? Right. Um, I believe it was uh, Stone, there was an offer for a pardon, and he refused it. And and he said, listen, people don't cut. When you accept a pardon, you have to sign a piece of paper that admits full guilt before you receive the pardon. He says, I'm not doing that. You know? And, uh, you know, it's just that, you know, signs up for expatriation. Well, you sign up for expatriation. That is the first time in your life that you actually ever sign a piece of paper that says you agree to follow the laws and statutes of the United States. (laughs) That's right. And you know what? Um, I'll touch on this with you as well, because we haven't talked about this in a little while. Um, But getting back to the whole spiritual premise of things and, uh, you know, um, there's been people who have suggested that uh, basically um, the United States of America is just a, a big open war camp and that they're all prisoners of war held in, in indentured servitude and slavery. Um, and I want to let people know that I don't dispute that claim at all. I think that's exactly what's going on. Um, but I don't think it's exclusive to the United States of America. I believe that is the case in every single country where the citizenship contract or where the citizenship is, uh, where the birth certificate identifies the citizen. Um, and my perspective on this is that, you know, people don't like to, to think of it this way, but basically, um, and this is why I think the Patriots are wrong again, and it's going to sound nasty. But the truth of the matter is, um, when they claimed, and I'm talking about Canada, the U.S. doesn't really matter, when they claimed the right to independence um, and made that declaration or whatever, it was theoretically back then, and and probably is still considered now, an act of treason against the kings and queens that sent those colonists here. And so, um, you know, despite you know, all, you know what, Sean, what's that? Sean, let me touch on, let me touch on that for a second, because I blurted out something to somebody today that I've always thought, but it's, I've just never said it. And it made them kind of do a, a take a, a one back and go, huh? You know, and that was, uh, talking about the founding fathers. <clears throat> and I had mentioned, you know, it said something about our founding fathers, and it's whoa, 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 whoa. We mean our. Yeah. <laughs> There's no our no, no, to it. Me with those criminals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we hear our founding fathers, and we hear our government and our constitution. We hear that stuff all the time. But guess what? Right. None of it's freaking yours. All right. And, you know, mentioning the founding fathers, it, what you just brought up, what I put it out to them was that. Uh, those guys were freaking terrorists. They were domestic terrorists. What are you talking about? And if, if anybody has any question about this, it'll only take you about 20 minutes of research, which I did a few years ago. And I just went to the great Oracle, you know, whatever search engine you want. And I put in land deeds and land grants of, um, the, um, 
settlers of the United States. Okay. Now you have to remember when they're referred to as settlers, right? Well, what's yeah. a settler? A settler is a position in a trust. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And so when you look at the, the deeds and the land deeds and land grants that they were operating under, everybody thinks that they just came here. They came here from England and slaughtered a bunch of Indians. No, that's not what happened. They actually came here from the Dutch Netherlands, not England. They came down here from the Dutch Netherlands and settled on property that was granted to them by grants and deeds of the king. Yeah. And that would have been, he was the king of France and king of England at the time. Those deeds were already in place on all of this land. It was already established. All right. Now, was that Henry? And uh, what was the name of the king? Do you, know, do you remember? It doesn't matter really. John, wasn't it? Yes. Sorry. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some people call him John, John the First, where he was originally, I believe, from Scotland. <laughs> anyway, um, the, these guys all came, and then, you know, we hear the story of, oh, the Revolutionary War started being taxed. No, that's not really quite the case, because the common people, it was the business owners who were taxed for the profits they were making off the land that was granted and deeded to them by the king. They had to, part of the agreement of the deeds and grants was to send money back to the king. And guess what? They didn't want to do it anymore. Right. That would be like somebody today say, saying, you know what? I'm tired of paying my effing landlord rent every month. I'm just going to protest and I'm going to live here for free. That's exactly. exactly what they did. Oh my goodness. I'm so glad I came on this call with you tonight because this is just it. And you know what? I expressed this, uh, in a couple of posts that people might actually find beneficial on my blog uh, Saturday and Sunday, because here's what I'm going to do, Brian, um, just because I'm controversial and I don't like to, uh, you know, follow the sheep and do what everybody else is doing. Um, you were asking about um, Clint uh, or not. Yeah. Clint, right. Is that his name? Uh, Clifford. Yeah. Uh, Darren. Clifford. Is that right? Yeah. More people might know the name Dean Right. And it is it is Dean Clifford's brother. And uh, you know what? I'm I just wanna disclaim I, I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with what uh, he's doing. Um, if you wanna go down that route, um, I think he's sharing a lot of potentially very useful information. Um, he just posted another video a little while ago talking about um, more or less the success that he's had with the processes he's using right now. He went into the court um, and made an adverse claim on the birth certificate or whatever. And uh, as soon as they found out who he was, he didn't have to wear masks or anything. They made a special room for him and everybody else that they were dealing with. And, uh, you know, they, it was a very different situation than what people normally encounter at the courthouse. So I think there is some merit to what he's doing. My position on the entire thing is that I don't I don't want to do that. I don't want to, you know what I mean? Like it, it, they created, he's basically trying to change the status. And if what he claims to be true is correct, um, his claim is that the birth certificate is created for our benefit. And that rather than accepting it at, in a position of the beneficiary, we've accepted it as the, in the position of the trustee. 
and the government is acting as the beneficiary and we're holding the liability for it and blah, 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 blah. Um, so again, I'm, I'm not well versed in that sort of stuff. So I don't, I don't know if that's actually the case and what's going on with respect to that. Um, but what well, I'm going to let me cut in with that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I, I just want to cut in with my disclaimer here. Um, I think Clifford is probably one of the first people I've heard listening to information from. And uh, uh, Damn, you're cutting out a step further in that. Um, let me try a screensaver, see what happens with that. Okay, you know what? Yeah, you're you're sounding clearer again now, but you disappeared almost entirely for about a minute there. Okay. I'll cut down and what but when I start researching things and you're talking about, you know, the country is using a birth certificate, but so many of these things apply it. And I started looking at like the uh, bankruptcy of the U.S. in thirty-three. Just lost you again, Brian. Uh, so the sorry. last word I heard was bankruptcy of thirty-three. Yeah, and, and something that started popping up were other links for other countries like Australia, Canada. Mm -hmm. All right. And I was yep. like, oh, wait a minute. They were going through bankruptcy. Shoot. I keep losing you, Brian. I can't hear you at all. You know what? I'm going to mute my microphone for a minute and see if that helps. Got a blurp again, but yeah, you're more you're more gone than you are there. Yeah, I'm getting nothing right now, Brian. Are you there? Oh, okay. I just heard. Are you there? Normal. Like everything's okay. transferring. Okay. 
Yeah, okay. it looks okay. I can hear you now. I can hear you now. Um, ever since you said, are you there? So for about five seconds now, I've been able to hear you, like clearly. No choppiness. You still? Okay. Um, so oh, uh, last I heard from you, you said that you noticed uh, when you looked into the bankruptcy of I'm 1983. I'm not hearing anything from Sean. If anybody hears anything from me, I know. Uh, okay. The last thing I heard from you, Brian, was uh, you were talking about the bankruptcy of 1933. Can you still hear me? Hmm. Well, it looks like my data is fine on this end. You still yeah, with you us, Sean? Uh, yeah, actually, you just came back. Um, I just started being able to hear you again. Uh, but yeah, you keep disappearing for like long periods. Um, and I'm looking like I have the the participants list open, and your name keeps fading at the same time that your voice disappears. It says left call right now. Can anybody else out there hear me? I see someone with a 304 area code. I hear you, but I, okay. I can hear him, but I can't hear, but evidently he doesn't hear us. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Keith. Awesome. Um, I heard you clearly, so that's a good sign. And Brian, it says left the call, so he might be uh, just leaving and, and getting on another device. Did you have anything you wanted to talk about, Keith, uh, while Brian's gone, just to fill the time? Well, actually, you know, brother, I've been on this uh, thing called the never-ending Zoom. Been going yeah. for about 37 days now, and I'm learning to just keep my damn mouth shut. These people, most people are ignorant, don't want to listen anyway. So, Fair enough. Fair enough. And, you know, nothing against you guys. I know you guys are intelligent. I'm just going to yeah, yeah. practice Practice the mode or just keeping my mouth shut. Yeah, no, I have been down that road too, man. Um, and like, yeah, I just, I'm, one of the disclaimers I want to make is that basically some of the things I'm going to be sharing tonight, um, if Brian does come back to the call, is that, you know, I would suggest that probably 90% are going to disagree um, with, with the process and methods that I'm going to use because they're not what anybody else is going to be telling you to do. Um, I'm going to basically file a private, like a, a private criminal prosecution as a private person. And uh, I've, I've done some in-depth research on how to go about doing that here in Canada. And I'm going to do that. The only person who can um, throw that out of court is the attorney general. Um, and so if I add the attorney general to the information, they can't throw it out because that's a conflict of interest. Um, and so then they have to prosecute. And then once a prosecution is done, um, a criminal prosecution, then if I want to, I can file a civil suit for damages or whatever. But again, I, I don't even want to, I don't even want commercial remedy because 
I understand how the financial system works. I know that the people are the source of the wealth that we're borrowing from the central banks. Um, the promissory notes are based on the fact or the idea that one day we're going to wake up to the fact that we have unlimited commercial value. And it only takes one person to recognize what the word unlimited commercial value or what the phrase unlimited commercial value means to be able to pay back all of the bankruptcies on the planet. And, uh, you know, that's why they removed the gold system and all that kind of stuff and made it worthless paper, just because that's exactly what it is. It's worthless. It's only a mental trick. Um, so anyway, uh, that's going to be my course of action. And if that doesn't prove the results that I want, I'm going to uh, take all of that information and um, I'm going to do the same process um, of a common law complaint, more or less, um, by sending all of the information to the queen herself um, and complaining to the queen that uh, none of the uh, representatives in Canada um, honor or represent the crown um, as suspect, uh, you know, as she's trusting them to do. Um, and that's just um, it. I believe I believe that's why the entire commercial system was put on us because uh, the the people who declared declared independence or whatever, to, you know. Um, they were committing an act of treason and somehow they wanted to be able to maintain control of the colonies without actually, you know, hanging those individuals that were responsible for the initial treason and, you know, the commercial system that's evolved since then and the corruption of our government is really just a reflection of how incompetent those individuals who were declaring themselves independent and sovereign really are and that, you know, it was basically just a trap to show how incompetent these so-called leaders are. And I think we're seeing that, you know, amplified. Well, today. if I can, if I can suggest at mm. least get one of them silver coins, because we're, yeah. what we're talking about here, you're right online with the, uh, the fact of getting that attorney general in there and, and he's to prosecute. That's his only duty. In fact, as a prosecutor uh, at the attorney general level is to prosecute the, um, state actor who's being accused of fraud or breach of contract or breach of trust. And when you exactly. put that silver dollar on the table, that brings in equity automatically and they must comply. This yeah. is an international equity uh, system. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly my plan. So um, I don't know how it'll go because again, you know, when you're up against corruption, you know, chances are you're just going to meet more corruption, right? They could do, who knows what they can do. Um, they could just well, at least you understand the fundamentals of the Admiralty Maritime System and how it switches to equity when you place that that uh, actual substance on the table as a lien against the maritime and bring it into that that sacred part where you're talking to the to the uh, military side from the spiritual side. Well, and get this, Keith, uh, I don't believe in coincidences. So you know what they released in Canada for uh, the, the for this year? It's like, I think it's only been out for a couple of weeks. They're, they're only making a thousand of them. But there's a new silver coin, 100, you know, 99.999, whatever it is, silver, right? And you know what's on it? Two feet. You're shitting me. Nope, on both sides. There's no face to it. It's feet on both sides. Double-faced coin. Both feet. So I'm going to be getting that one. Fifty nine ninety five. I don't care. <laughs> Worth every 
worth every yeah. freaking penny. I feel like it was made for me because the very first time I went to look at getting real silver, that was the that was the one that I found and it's just been released. It's a, an official Canadian mint, uh, 99.9% pure. Um, and it's, yeah, it's two feet. Oh, Sean, you know, it's interesting. I just went and did a, a restart on this and you sound great. See what, hap see what happens with that. But <clears throat> you know, what's interesting about that coin that you bring up. And I mean, before I left, I was mentioning that when I first started researching, it seemed like, you know, I was looking at the bankruptcy and I noticed like Australia was going through the same thing at the same time. So was Canada. I was like, wait a minute. Well, we're all freaking really being run by the IMF. You know what I mean? Well, exactly. <laughs> I think I think it's June of this year, if I remember correctly, that for like a month, the U.S. Mint is supposed to be like kind of quieting their production a little bit because they're working on, um, which this doesn't make sense to me, but they're coming out with, they're working on a new proof for a new silver dollar coin. Wow, interesting. And uh, I, I went and looked up the proof for it, and the, the proof, it's going to have an eagle on both sides. Wow. Well, the other the back thing side like is going to have the head. Right on. Well, the other thing I really like about the two feet on the silver coin and having it being double-sided is that, you know, I'm kind of into magic and all that stuff too, right? Well, what is two? Two in magic is a door. Um, and, and that's why I say it's Queen Elizabeth II, because if you just look at the way that the numbers are in Roman numerals, all you have to do is like imagine putting a little handle on it and it looks like a door in a door frame, doesn't it? Um, the symbol of the two. But anyway, um, so two is a door, four is foundation. And that's why there's four corners to a house, right? So to have two feet on both sides of a coin, I... Yeah, I, I think the Masters of Magic knew what they were up to. And, and like I said, I felt like that coin was specifically speaking to me. Um, and it demonstrates, you know, foundation, getting getting four feet established on the ground. Your feet are on the ground. And how do you enter through a door but with your feet? Exactly. Exactly. And that's why it's two, like two twos. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I know it sounds like nonsense, but, uh, you know, once you get into numerology and all that stuff, uh, it, it makes a whole lot more sense. So <clears throat> I don't know what you caught um, in the time that you were away, uh, but basically um, what I'm going to be doing is uh, that I, I placed the government on notice of criminal liability. They didn't respond to that notice. And um, what I'm doing is, although if I were recognized to be acting in my sovereign capacity, my natural state, um, without having pledged, you know, allegiance to the government or whatever, if they were recognizing that as a, as a sovereign man under God, um, then basically I could, I could use the UN uh, covenant on civil and political freedoms because Canada is bound by that because that's a contractual obligation that they signed. Um, but that's not really used very much in law, and I'm sure you know that as well. And they are probably just not going to acknowledge that they are bound by that document. So because what they are doing to me specifically, and this is also very key for anybody who's listening right now, is that um, everything I'm doing right now is directly in response to having an agent of the Canadian government 
expressed to me in writing that a Canadian citizen does not have the right to revoke their consent to be governed. That is not recognized by the city of Ottawa. Well, <laughs> that's, that's about the stupidest thing you can put in writing. And, and that goes out to anybody listening. And it's the first person really in Canada's government who's ever been that stupid. Um, so I'm just going to follow right through. I'm just, you know, that to me, that was just a segue. Like, really, that's what you believe? You're trying to suggest I'm a bonded slave to a foreign interest debt? Uh, well, I'll tell you right now, I know that I'm not. And I know that you're wrong. And I take serious offense to being called a bonded slave and an indentured servant. So I am charging you with criminal liability and you have until the 22nd of April to defend yourself against these charges or I will be filing private criminal cross prosecution against you and seeking remedy and damages. So <laughs> that's what well, started this. You know what, Sean, that, that reminds me of something that uh, I, I've been working on and off with for the last year. And I've pretty much got it written up. I just haven't done anything with it. Although I think it would probably be a freaking classic thing to do is send in a simple one page letter uh, requesting them to show evidence of any claim of right, title, or interest they have to, and then list, for instance, your legal person. Yep. Uh, which is identified by the registration number of the certificate of birth. Uh, list even maybe your vehicles if you want or your yep. property just to see the response that comes back. Well, something else I did, and I just did this maybe two, three days ago. I now have on my blog, I've got a special section because I want to make it like as much like an international newspaper as possible because that is a legal and lawful publication. That's how they play their game. They announce the birth on the record. You don't claim it and blah, blah, blah. So it's abandoned property, yada, yada. Um, so what I've done is I now I, I'm publishing my own international publication. And so I, I put my own public notices out and I call them specifically international public notices. And what I did is I put supreme claim of right, colon, Sean Stephen Von Den. And then I basically put a claim of right and say that I, you know, King Sean, House of Von Den, Hand of Stephen, Kingdom of God, hereby state that I hold the supreme claim of right upon the name or calling Sean Stephen Von Den in quotation marks and any variation of that name used without my consent is um, a violation of copyright blah 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 um, and I show the all caps name and all variations I used et al um, so that they know that I'm talking about all of those variations um, as I perceive this to be a trespass upon my spiritual right and a trespass upon God's kingdom as a spiritual man, as we are not to engage in commerce. The 10th commandment says thou shall not covet. So that's on the international public record now. And so now the government can't even claim that they haven't been given notice. Oh yeah. That's what I, that's what I did with my DBA. Also, I did all variations of the name because here's one of the things that I looked at. As I saw for a long time, people were sending back these letters of, you know, they get a letter sent to their house, whatever, and, they, and so they would return it and say, no contract, this or that. And it's like, wait a minute, you do have the right of refusal for contract, but since yeah. that birth certificate is actually evidence that an organization exists, and they see you as being an agent for that organization, 
do you have the right to refuse contract by someone with that organization if you've not made a claim to it? And so that was one of my purposes for doing the DBA with all the variations of however they would mail something. That's right. That's right. So, um, and, and, you know, at, just for people who are listening, uh, I know that if you don't really know me, it might sound kind of arrogant to, to uh, you know, use, use King Sean, House of Von Denham, and Stephen Kingdom of God. But that all comes from doing um, a tremendous amount of research into like the magical mystical world that they use. And uh, mind always represents the house. Uh, the land is always the body. Um, the spirit is always the will and the way. And that is reflected by the hand. So that's why it's the hand of Stephen because that represents the spiritual part of the name. And the real reason for doing that was because King Sean, House of Von Den, Hand of Stephen is significantly different from Sean Stephen Von Den. You know, it's it's not trying to use all of that syntax stuff that may or may not work. You know what I mean? By putting a colon behind your first name. Again, I don't understand that stuff. I don't know. <laughs> right. And and they may very well come back and say, well, you know what? You just bastardized something that we have the Supreme Claim of Right on. Um, so we're going to charge you with copyright violation. Like, I don't know. Can they do that? Maybe. I, like, I'm not saying they can, but I'm not saying they can't either. And I think this is, you know. I've seen people get in trouble, like, you know, because they express themselves that way in a court document and they just don't care. They throw them in jail anyway. So, you know, that's the reason, um, in addition to understanding what what those titles mean and, you know, why it's King Sean has one and blah, blah, blah. The real reason was that it's distinctly different from the birth certificated name that they allegedly have, you know, superior right. you're right separating on. you're separating right you're separating yourself from that organization which i mean i, right. I did that with a uh, with a rescission of office letter but <clears throat> yeah one of the things too that you mentioned um was the phrase hand of and i use that with anything i've done i always finish mm -hmm. it that you know this was performed by the hand of and if you look into the rules, regulations, blah, 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 that they follow, and I think it's UCC 103, and the power of the font, okay? And when I say font, I mean, you know, the style of how something is presented. Uh, they right. look at the power, the, the strongest power being in what is handwritten. Absolutely. And then something that's... And then something that's typed out is a step down. And then something yep. that comes off the computer is even a step lower. So the highest form of anything is something that's handwritten. So, yeah, I like the hand of. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I've had, just so people know, um, I had a lawsuit thrown out by a corrupt justice because it was handwritten. He said, uh, I'm throwing this out as frivolous and vexatious because uh, on the very face of it, um, it's all written in script, you know, and it's just like, you know, not conforming with the rules of civil procedure. That is not a valid reason to have a case dismissed as frivolous and vexatious, just so everybody knows. But again, I didn't really let that bother me too much um, because I'm not so much interested in the, the commercial compensation. And that's the unfortunate thing about these courts. Like you can't even, unless you're filing a private criminal prosecution 
with a justice, um, which only the attorney general can throw out in Canada anyway. Um, the only way that you can make any kind of a claim is by attaching a dollar figure to it. And really it's small claims versus, you know, you know, versus a regular claim relevant to whether or not it's more than or less than $35,000, you know? And like, so you know what I'm like, if you want anything to be heard, you have to have a dollar value value attached to it. And in my opinion, that's part of the tell that this isn't the kind of court that you want to be going into because we're not supposed to be operating in commerce. We're supposed to be in courts of justice, not courts of commerce or, you know, whatever. So um, oh, well, when you're placing, when you're placing a dollar value also, you're, you're putting it also into the commercial realm, which changes right. things a little bit. And, and you mentioned according to the rules for um, writing and stuff like that, if anybody's curious, the rules are that it's supposed to be a, a number 10 size font and double spaced. Just an yeah. FYI. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's if you're going by their rules. Correct, Brian? Yeah. If you're going by their rules, yeah, it's number 10 font and it has to be double spaced. That way notes yeah. can be written in between and yada yada. You know. Um I, I don't I don't think um Sean, you're familiar with what I just did last week, what happened with me. Are you? No, I don't think so. Because you know what? I missed your call last week. I meant to be on the call. And then, uh, crazy but true, I, I decided to have a quick nap before. And that quick nap turned out to be a very long one. But anyway, go on. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, one of the things that I've said, and, you know, I look at different things people are doing, everything like that. And most of their answers are like, okay, well, when you get in front of the judge, you do this and that. And you say this and that to the attorney. And I, and I've really come to fall under the thought that if you end up in that position, you've already missed the boat somewhere. You should mm -hmm. never even get that far. Okay. And here, um, we're looking at like nine days ago or so I was pulled over and <clears throat> the officer like didn't ride behind me forever. He just came flying up to me and hit his lights. And wow. immediately walked up, walked up to the car and said, are you Brian? Huh? Yeah, I go, I, I go by Brian. And he said, you know, you have no driver's license. And I, the, the, there was no driver's license. There was no registration. There was no insurance. Wow. And he, and he was like, listen. You don't have to go. To, you're, I'm not taking you to jail. You don't have to go to court. He said, I'm going to write an anonymous ticket. I've still, I'm looking around. I've still yet to find out what the heck an anonymous ticket is. But uh, so he just did like an anonymous ticket. And that was pretty much it. Because, and I was thinking at the time when he said, oh, no driver's license, no insurance, no registration. I'm thinking, uh, yeah, uh, down here and pretty much anywhere. That means go directly to jail, do not pass go, do not collect two hundred dollars. Now yeah. at the same time, at the same time, he never ordered me to provide anything to him. He never ordered me out of the car, never gave me any direct orders of any kind. Wow. The whole situation was just weird compared to and what would normally happen. How long have you been doing this Month? like without license and all that? 
Do that in months, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> wow. That is really very impressive. That's, uh, yeah, like you said, you don't hear too many um, success stories with that in that regard. Um, I did hear one success story, and I wish I could remember who it was from. Um, and it, but this goes back a couple of years in you know all the videos that I've watched over the years. But anyway, um, an individual got pulled over here in Canada, and they also had a police officer that was very reasonable and understanding and and knew what they were doing. And I guess what they had done is is they they registered the vehicle as a private person um, rather than a public, you know, whatever, um, rather than the typical status. And they had switched the registry to an international vehicle rather than a right. commercial vehicle or something. Um, and the police basically was just like, look, he said, uh, I ran your plates. He said, and I'm just pulling you over to let you know that we see that you've got an application in to switch this vehicle from Canada into an international vehicle. He said, but that process hasn't happened yet and you need to go here and do this to, to finalize that that paperwork. And uh, I'm gonna give you like a week to do that or something. Um, he said, and then you're good to go. Correct, correct. Let me, let me add to that as well. Uh, if you go to Check Good Bodies uh, YouTube, and it's probably under, it's probably named Freedom from Government or something like that. Mm -hmm. But he has a, a video on there from probably three years ago where um, a kid was driving his mom's vehicle and was pulled over. Him and his girlfriend were in the vehicle and they were pulled over. And, yeah. and the kid said, well, he said, actually, this vehicle is being transferred internationally. Yeah. And the officer looked at the paperwork. He went back. He looked stuff up and everything, you know, as to how the vehicle was listed. And he came back and he said, okay. He said the same thing you just said. He said, yep, I see an application has been put in, but you're missing steps number one. And this is what it is. You're missing step number two. And this is what it is. You got to take care of these two things and then you'll be good to go. And you let them it go. It'll be the same video, Brian. It may because it's it was about that long ago that I saw it, and that sounds very familiar. So yeah, you might have a better recollection of it than I do. Um, but yeah, yeah, and uh, that's actually I use whatever search terms anybody wants if they want to look it up. Go to the old group Tactical Sovereignty and um, look it up on the search bar. But it was very interesting because that officer was really cool. He's like, yeah, you just need to do this and you need to do that and then you'll be all good. And the video I saw, now you can basically confirm, um, but if it's the same video, uh, they actually have this all on tape. Like they had the officer coming to the car and that, they're telling them this stuff and yeah. whatever. So, yeah. yeah, yep. yeah. You so actually heard, you, know, you heard. Not, you yep. know, it's not BS from some like, you know, wannabe guru. Um, it, it was all recorded, and uh, yeah, the police officer was really, really legit and genuine and cool. Yeah, yeah, it was information straight from the officer's mouth. Um, yeah. and it, it, I, I mentioned on the ad, or actually on talk show for this call, that I was going to be mentioning uh, the birth certificate. And if anybody had any, you know, questions or anything regarding it, 
Yeah, I'm gonna. I just want to touch on that briefly here, since I had put that there, and people might look for that. Mm-hmm. They need to realize, and and I hear a lot of people talk about a lot of different things. Oh, it's it's a deed, or name it, all sorts of things. But decided a long time ago because I heard all these people give all these different opinions. I was gonna go straight to judges and attorneys and listen to what they say to each other when they talk yeah. about it. Okay. And I've also kept my ears perked very few times I've been in court and I've actually heard judges make this reference. And what it is, it is a just evidence of an organization. And so when you look around court, the attorney for the state, you see the defense attorney, you see the judge, you see the clerk, they're all Unfortunately, just again, a representative, you doing the same thing. They they know you're a live man. You know what I mean? Yep. They know you're a live man that is representing an organization. That's what it comes down to. It's really that simple. And that's why they're all there. Sorry. Go ahead. Apologies about that. This is Joe. Um, So they're all just agents of the corporation or the state of Texas or they're agents of, I think is how you put it. Yeah. Or agents of the court, whatever the case is, the the court and the state and the bar. And I'm just going to add to that, Brian, and say that that is specifically why when you go to court, they ask if you are representing yourself. Okay. Look up the word represent. What does it mean? Re means to be doing again. So you can't possibly represent yourself unless you're already there. Does that make sense? So they already have ownership. And you're going to represent, like you're going to present that again. It's like you're like a double. So you're basically committing copyright Mm -hmm. violation by claiming to be something that they own. Weird. And my answer to my answer to that is that I am not here on my behalf. I'm here on my a half. There you go. That's a good. I'm not here on part B. I'm not here on part B. I'm here on part A. And you're looking at the real deal. And here's the problem. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say here's here's the problem. Here's the situation. You have to look at maxims of law. Like things can only contract with like things. Well, they are a representative of something else. So they can only contract with something else that is a representative of something else. This isn't a man-to-man operation. This is an agent-to-agent situation. And if you're not an agent for something, that maxim falls apart. Well, and one of the things that I said on uh, what they call the first appearance um, in my court is uh, I was asked by not the justice, but by the prosecutioner, are you representing yourself and are you a lawyer, blah, 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 blah. And my response was no to both. Um, And I'm not representing myself. I said, I've never been here before. I am presenting myself to the court for the first time today. That really threw them for a loop. Um, and my first appearance was actually November 4th, 1969. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
Um, and you know, like really, they, they don't like people like us, but they won't, they're never gonna reveal anything in, in these courts either. Like they just wanted to get me out of there as quickly as possible. And that's pretty much what happened, so. Well, they, they uh, my thing is that they use wordplay with us. So why not just use wordplay right back? Exactly. You just got to know what you're doing. And that's just it. I think too many people try and go in and and use the wordplay games with them, but they don't actually know and understand what they're doing yet. And so they end up getting themselves into more trouble. You got to know that these people are experts at the word game. Um, so you better be on your game <laughs> if you want to play that with the game with them. But, um, you know, another really good suggestion, I think, is you know what, there's nothing in the universe that can stop you from asking as many questions as you want while you're in court. And that's something that I think people need to remember because if you're unclear about anything, don't agree until you're clear. Ask for clarification on every single point and they have to give it to you. So, you know, that's the best way for people who don't really know what's going on if you are in, in a court situation for any reason. You know, just ask for, for explicit you know, do you understand the charges against you? Not at all, Your Honor. <laughs> Explain to exactly. me who did I harm? <laughs> Not at all, Your Honor. You well, know, and just, yeah, you. Uh, well, no, you really don't, um, because if you did, you wouldn't be here. That's one of the things that I learned uh, living in Southern Florida. Okay, and especially with court. And now, like I say, the trick is never get. And when you get a snafu like I did nine days ago, then you don't get invited in. Okay, you've put some preventative medicine in place. That's what you want to do. But one of the things that I learned a number of years ago down here in court, Southern Florida, because there are people down here from every country of the world. Okay. And so anytime anybody was called up who might look like they could be foreign, Ask them, do you need an interpreter? And I remember the first time I saw this happening, I was like, wait a minute. And I looked it up, and yeah, this is something that judges are required to do. The court is required to offer an interpreter if somebody needs it. So, one of the things I would recommend is if people don't have things in place and they do end up finding themselves there in the Temple of Bay, local county, that you immediately say, I need an interpreter. Yep. Because they're speaking a completely different language than what you are taught about or freaking learned on the road or learned on the streets or even at school. Awesome. Now, here's a question, though, Brian. If, uh, a t if an interpreter is provided for you, are they actually going to be well-versed in the language of legalese or are they only going to be well-versed in the language of English? It's a court setting, and they use analogy. It's not just Latin terminology. <clears throat> what attorneys do, by definition, an attorney turns over, okay? And what do they turn over? The first thing they turn over is they take the simple words that we use, and they turn them over into tools of their trade. Mm -hmm. They exactly. turn them, they change words they reclassify things. That's what they do. Attorneys reclassify things. So they reclassify words as terms. 
of their trade. So now since it's reclassified as a term of their trade, now they get to redefine that term. Yeah. So if you're in court and that's what you're dealing with, then no, you need somebody that is well-versed in the reclassification of the words and know the definition of the terms being used. I mean, you, you sign contracts or whatever. How many times have you heard the phrase, do you understand the terms of the contract? Well, people yeah. think that that means that if I do this, you'll do that. No, that's not the term. Terms means yeah. those words that are used in there. Do you understand yeah. those words that are used? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny because once you actually start to get a sense of all of this, it really seems, it starts to seem really obvious, right? But, um, you know, it, it's a bit of a wake-up call when you first wake up to this kind of stuff because they're just the things we don't think about um, on a day-to-day -day basis because we've been so accustomed to just accepting things as they are um, and, you know, following what everybody else does. It's like lemmings running off a cliff, you know? Um, <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, and it's like when I first started awakening my mom to a few things, mm. my mom, my mom would say to me, why would anybody do something like that to somebody else? And it was like, well, like you have to understand their mindset and where they come from, you know, and uh, because not everybody here, this is not an even playing field. Well, I've got a question for you, Brian. Now, this is just uh, open to speculation, and uh, I don't know. Um, I know you wanted to have a bit of a Q&A, too, so maybe this can start a Q&A, and people can, anybody who's listening can maybe offer their insight or, um, you know, ideas. But I'm very, very, very curious because uh, I told you that um, the action that I took against the law firm appears to have been effective. Um, they were going to move forward power of sale on November of 16th last year. I placed them on notice of criminal liability, posted it online. They didn't respond in time, gave them deep, you know, default judgment, nihil dissit, res judicata, which means uh, he says nothing, final judgment, um, and basically told them that they are now obliged by law to transfer the property to me um, or criminal prosecution may ensue. Um, and so, by the way, I am going to file that again into the court at the same time um, when I go against the government or whatever. There's no there's no rush for me to do that. And uh, but here's what I wanted to ask. So. Two weeks ago, Tuesday. Yeah. Um, or yeah. Two weeks ago, Tuesday, they sent me a letter, regular mail, and it was addressed to Sean Von Den. Um, proper style, like not in all caps or anything. Um, but it wasn't King Sean House of Ondan, Hand of Stephen, Kingdom of God, which is how they were addressing me literally in every other correspondence. So I wrote on it, um, incorrect DBA and circled the name and dropped it back in the mailbox, um, returned to sender. And <clears throat> apparently it was re-delivered just last week. Um, and it was delivered appropriately. King Sean, House of Vondan, Hand of Stephen, Kingdom of God, blah, blah, blah. So my question is, um, what do you think they're sending me? <laughs> Anybody have any idea? Because all of the other 
correspondence has been th by way of email. That is considered legal service right now in Canada. I don't know if it's the same in the U.S. right now, but because of the COVID precautions and all that nonsense, um, they basically uh, put on the uh, Government of Canada website that um, email is now being accepted as legal proof of service. So that's how we'd done all of our previous correspondence. And if they had any formal documents that they wanted to send me, it was all just done as an attachment that had been scanned or whatever. Um, and like I said, everything addressed to King Sean, House of Anden, blah, blah, blah. Um, so if they were doing a court filing of any kind, they would have, in my opinion, they would have continued to court, like give me notice by way of email. And if they were doing it any other way, they would have wanted proof of service. So they would have sent it by courier or uh, registered mail, whatever. It's not, it's regular mail and it's kind of a thick envelope. Any ideas what that might be, Brian? Open it. Well, I can't because the first one got returned to sender for the reasons I told you. And then the one that they sent, it was my neighbor who came and told me because they put it in his box by mistake. So it was a legitimate postal error last time. But he said that, yeah, I got something in my mail and it was like to King Sean, House of Ondan, um, Church of God. Oh, okay. Oh. And I was like, really? Okay, so. And he said, well, he said, I knocked on your door. And I remember somebody knocking on my door, but I don't answer my door if I'm not expecting company because who the fuck, you know what I mean? I never know who it's going to be. Yeah. I don't want to like open the door to the police. Okay, well, you, I, I've had that happen before. And so what you do now, the first time they sent it to the wrong name. Yes. The second time they sent it to the right name, but the wrong address. And well, no, I've had this happen to me before. It was actually a postal error. Um, he like, because we have five, like mail slots oh. that when the guy comes he just puts it inside <clears throat> or like he opens up the big thing and there would be okay so it had, it had the correct so it yeah. has the correct address on it all right so yeah. just open it up see what it is well uh, like he dropped it back in the mailbox so i'm waiting i should receive it next this week coming up but uh yeah no i'm very very yeah. curious i'm just wondering if anybody had any ideas because I thought maybe hey, the first time that they were trying to trick me into taking the other name. Do you know what I mean by saying, ah, oh, we got yeah. you because we addressed this to Sean Bonden to prove that you're not really King Sean House of Bonden, blah, 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 or something. I, like I, so, I, think, I, I think a lot of times, I think a lot of times that we worry about these little uh, guru freaking philosophies on different things. You know what I mean? We, yeah. we read into it too much. I mean, I, I had somebody and they looked and they saw that the number on my door had been painted over <laughs> with the same paint used to paint the door. And they're like, oh, this is perfect because this totally changes your jurisdiction. And I'm like, what? I mean, huh? I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, no, yeah, I, I think a lot of those people read too much of that. Like, say about right. that. Okay, okay. Yeah, but Either anyway, case? I, I'm, I'm so dying, and that's just it. That's why I'm asking, actually, because believe me, I want to open it more than you could possibly know. I Like when my neighbor told me about it, I was like, where is it? Give it to me. I want it. I want it. And he was like, oh, I dropped it back in the box because you weren't home. And I was like, damn. And so I'm sure they'll resend it again. Um, so I should hopefully get that next week. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, what I'm cautiously hoping is that it's going to be a letter um, that states, yeah, okay, you know what? 
we've discharged the property, <laughs> you know, remove the notices, please. In which case, of that's right. Have. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yep, because that's what I, I'm thinking. I think they don't want it to be registered mail. Like, obviously, they, it, registered mail would be any kind of legal proceeding. So I don't think they want to tell me in an email that, yeah, OK, you're right. We're wrong. We're sending you the they're just going to do it. They're just going to send the discharge property to me. And uh, and that'll be the end of it. Um, and then if I don't remove the notices, then they actually have a legal filing against me. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping uh, you send me a success story about this. I'm really hoping that. to get to do that very soon too. I really am. Um, and if not, like I said, I, I know what my recourse is going to be. Um, and again, like you know, I want people to know that uh, my my perception <laughs> is that anybody probably who's listening to this call right now, people like Brian Parker and, uh, you know, they have knowledge of these things that probably extend well beyond your typical attorney or lawyer or whatever. They don't know half of the stuff that we're talking about. And so I'm not a vengeful person. You know, I acknowledge the fact that people can make mistakes. I acknowledge the fact that this law firm, you know, may not have really willfully been trying to cause me harm. And that now after a few months of like going and looking at the law and researching things, they're like, shit, this guy's right. Um, damn, <laughs> you know? And so if they're willing to acknowledge that they made a mistake and, and, you know, make good with me, I'm willing to forgive and forget. That's, that's the way it goes. It's my oath. Well, um, Sean, Sean, here's a thing. Here's the thing, Sean, is that what we're dealing with, like you talked about dealing with this law firm, what we're dealing yes. with is a bunch of people who just know procedure. You right. do this, and then you do that. You do this, and then you do that. But they don't know what is really lying underneath everything. That's right. And so when you start bringing up the stuff that really lays at the base foundation of all this stuff, all of a sudden they're like... All we deal with, we don't know any of that crap. <laughs> exactly. And he even wrote, wrote to me in uh, his last plea to me, basically. It's just like, I just want you to know that although you think that I don't have the right to do this, um, every action that we have taken is in accordance with the Mortgage Act of Ontario. And we're just following the legislation that's been provided for us. <coughs> said, you know what? That's wonderful. And I understand that. And I also understand that you are a lawyer who is specific to a particular jurisdiction and that you probably aren't even licensed to practice in Quebec or British Columbia, much less the United States. And, you know, I'm here to remind you that Canada's national laws and international laws governing the rights of Canada's people are superior in jurisdiction and authority to your Mortgage Act. So none of your Mortgage Act does apply in this situation. And so all of your points here are mute and, you know, invalid. No response. <laughs> so, well, that was, yeah, but you're, that was you're fine. absolutely correct. Yeah. You're absolutely yeah. correct. An act or a code or a regulation are not law. If they were law, they would call them law, but they don't. They call them acts, regulations, and codes. And who do acts, regulations, and codes apply to? They apply to the employees, and they yeah, and they and they they apply to the employee. That's it. Yep. Yep. 
And uh, you know what? Just because um, this is kind of a sidebar, uh, but uh, I'm one of those people who, like you, I never, ever used to take any kind of like automated payment or anything like that. But um, because the automated or because the checks that they're issuing are not actually being issued to me anyway, they're all being issued to, um, you know, like there's an account number and blah, blah, blah. Um, a client number and everything on the check um, that I have now decided that, you know what, I want to keep all of the commercial crap separate because that has nothing to do with me. And so um, I basically wrote a letter of power of attorney as King Sean House of Onden and the Stephen Kingdom of God, um, who has been appointed by the certified person created by the state to act as the legal and lawful private attorney um, in all matters concerning the incorporated person. And so now <laughs> I'm actually the legal holder of that account. And now now I do. And unfortunately or fortunately, whichever way you want to look at it, I, I get direct the payments from, from the government. now, And I'm going to be advocating for that. If the only remedy that I'm ever able to get is in a commercial format, which is not what I want. I want to be able to freely dispose of my wealth, not through the corporate entity, but uh, until as far as I'm concerned, as long as I have that card, it proves that that entity still exists and I want it gone. Just like you said uh, that the, that's all the birth certificate is. It's just proof of a corporate of a corporation, right? This is the same thing. It says right on the card that it doesn't belong to me. It belongs to the bank. <laughs> so. All right. Well, the yeah, if you look user. at the back of the Yeah. Yeah, you're authorized. If you look at the back of the card, you know, it, it'll state on there. You know, if found, return to us. Well, wait a minute. If it belongs to Sean, why doesn't it say return it to Sean? <laughs> and you know what? It, even more, it doesn't even belong to me. It belongs to the bank and the Canadian government exclusively. I can't even, like, it, it's it's a reloadable debit card, basically, but I can't go and put money on The government can, but I can't. Isn't that interesting? Well, uh Oh, you said checks for what? What's that? Sorry, you cut out. Receiving checks for what? Um, receiving checks for what? Benefits. Oh, okay. I'm one of those weird people because I know that the general rule is that if you're accepting benefits from the state, you, you can't receive any remedy or whatever. And uh, well, you I hold think, you hold liability. If right. you're accepting benefits, you hold all the liability. Correct. And so um, the only reason that I'm doing that is because I'm I'm under duress. So yeah, like the the entire application for it was made under duress because they're refusing to allow me to work without paying taxes to a government that I feel is corrupt. Blah blah blah. Um, and all of that other stuff. So until they acknowledge their duties and responsibilities to me, and they all have that on the record, this is why I'm actually, so I'm hoping um, that this is all going to come to a conclusion very soon because that's what all of this criminal liability and whatever against the government is for right now, is for the initial negligence of Canada's um, Registrar General and Attorney General in acknowledging my right to live a spiritual life and to basically dissolve the trust that I was presumed to have placed in the government. That's very explicitly explained in a registered letter. Um, and I still have copies of everything that I did there. 
So I'm going to be filing all of that now um, against the state again on on 22nd of April this month if uh, if they don't start backtracking real quick. So yeah, and if they do decide that they want to give me some kind of financial remedy, then I guess that's the account that they're going to put it into, and I'll be the authorized user. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess that's what happens. And you accept benefits, but uh, well, we've been on here for uh, a little over an hour now. I um, mm -hmm. guess we can close out. Uh, Keith, are you still with us? Did you have something you wanted to close with? I thought I heard him pipe in or try and pipe in once or twice. Oh, uh, it's maybe not. All my uh, thing here. All right. Well, you know, like I tell everybody every week, you know, uh, people want to learn. They say, "Church, well, where do I start studying?" This is what people need to learn. You need to learn who you really are, where you're really at, and where you're really from. Because and sometimes I say you've been deceived on all those things. You know, I'll come right out and say it. No, you've been lied to about all of those things. Exactly. Much more than deceived, you've been totally lied to about all those things. If you are in the United States of America, you are not in the United States. Look up the definition, look up where it says the United States is at. The United States is located in the District of Columbia. And I'm sure you'll find very similar things with Canada, like where Sean's from. Um, I believe actually in definitions of Canada, it refers that Canada is within the waterways. Yeah, something like that. Oh, and did you hear, this is so, just a very quick thing I wanted to ask you before we sign off tonight. Did you hear that uh, apparently the Biden administration has proposed making the District of Columbia the 51st state? <clears throat> no joke. Well, it wasn't just the... It wasn't just the Biden administration that proposed that uh, before he was elected. I think there was a representative from uh, Virginia, a, a lady. I'll use that loosely. Lady that proposed that. Okay. And but this is I've heard this proposed for like 15, 20 years now. Yeah, <clears throat> but here's the problem. Well, here's the problem. Get into uh, the book Law of Nations learn because the constitution refers to it it's established on law nations uh learn how things work um you cannot have one state that rules over all the other states because all the states are independent so there's no way you can have one state ruling and it always fails every time they do this it always fails because there are people deep on the inside who know these principles all right. So, yeah, it's it's that simple. And it's actually kind of funny because I posted when this woman proposed this a few months ago, I posted it to Facebook. And a friend of mine, actually, that has been on here, she's an attorney. Uh, she writes books under a pen name, but she's actually an attorney. She saw that I posted it and people were commenting and saying, oh, no, yes, they can. And she said, she came on and she was like, no, they can't. Here's a couple links. Go read these. <laughs> yeah. But well, th this is always, you know what? Everything they do, everything they do are all these little sideshows to keep everybody freaking paying attention to bullshit while in the background, they're effing you over.
Yeah, and abdicating their duties. Not getting their duties at all. Because their duties are not to you and I. Their duties are to the freaking organization they work for. And part of their duties for that organization is to keep you sidetracked. <laughs> I mean, it's tough when, when you start looking at things from that perspective, it's tough to accept. But after a while, it's like, uh, yeah, that's the way it is. Unfortunately, everybody wants to be that typical flag-waving American on the 4th of July, lighting off fireworks, thinking about how great our country is, and thinking about all the servicemen that are fighting for our right to vote overseas when nobody has ever come over and landed on our shores and tried to take away your right to vote, which you should know by now is a fraud anyway. <laughs> it is just your vote is nothing but your consent to their bullshit. That's all you're doing. You're, you're just showing your consent. Your consent to be ruled and your consent to their bullshit. That's all voting is. And, and so what does that do? That makes you just as guilty as them exactly. for all the mass murders that they do across the world and all the abortions that are carried out every freaking day here in America and probably in Canada, too, I would guess. I would even say that that's why they call them political parties, because if you are voting for them, you are becoming a party to their crime. That's right. You're becoming party a party member. to their crime. And yeah. And you know, one of the things I've asked people, people I, I hear people say, Well, I'm a Democrat. I said, Oh, you're a Democrat? A Democrat is like what is it? Like a, a four fifteen organization, tax exempt under the IRS. So does that mean you don't pay taxes? Because if you're part of the party, they're a tax exempt organization. So you should be paying taxes if you're a member of them. Yeah. Yeah. And that automatically like shuts people down. They don't know. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you're still being held liable for taxes, well, evidently you are not a member of that party because that party is tax exempt. <laughs> well, you know, uh, this, this would be something to talk about for another show, but, uh, you know, we were talking about the IMF and some of the world banks and whatever, um, earlier on the call today. And in Canada, I, I went like deep into the research on, on which of those conglomerates we are officially in debt to because now it's $1 trillion, I believe, or $100 trillion maybe even, I don't know. But a ridiculous amount of money that, that Trudeau is now in debt to uh, whoever, right? The private banks. Um, I don't know if you know how it works in Canada, Brian, but we don't even contract with the IMF or the World Bank or any of that stuff. Do you know how Canada creates money for its people? I've looked at it, but it's been a while. Okay. The people, when they go to the bank and apply for a loan, are creating the new money that goes into Canada's budget. Yeah, that's how all money is created, is through debt, through loans. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and that's it. So it, and it states in very, very plain English for anybody who, who, you know, doesn't want to believe it. It's very easy. You just go to the, uh, bank of Canada act or whatever, and look at the website. It explains in detail how Canada's uh, monetary system works. And it states 
that 90% or more of Canada's um, like uh, physical currency, okay, is created by when um, private people or citizens go in and apply for a loan, that loan is placed onto an account as a security interest, <laughs> and then that money is deposit is entered into the account as a deposit and that's it. That's yeah. how that, that's what I've I've told people for a couple of years now, at least, that every dollar in your pocket represents money that somebody else owes the bank. That's right. And it's so the simple. only way that people can ever repay the debt that's outstanding <laughs> to banks is by creating the poverty that most of us with good hearts want to put an end to, because you can't. The money's not in the economy, so you got to take it from your neighbor. You got to steal it from somebody else. Although they don't call it stealing, they call it profiting, right? But you've got to you've got to profit to such an extent that somebody's going to be left with none, and somebody's going to be, you know, there's going to be winners and losers, and you're either going to be on the winning end or the losing end, and and this is and it's just going to get greater and greater as 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 more and more money is created. Well, I, I say that they don't call it stealing; they call it voting. Because I can't steal from my neighbor, but I can vote for somebody who will steal from my neighbor and put it in my pocket for me. Yeah, exactly. And you're absolutely correct. That is how all, all money is created. If you go back to And loosen the restrictions on lending because he wanted to push the American dream, which was everybody have the house with a white picket fence. And so all these people during the Clinton administration were out buying homes. What did that mean? All this money was getting pumped into the system, which made the economics of the U.S. look fabulous. Yeah. Looked like he was doing a great job. Yeah. And that's all he did. That's how he pumped money into the system was getting everybody to go out and, and draw loans they couldn't afford. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know what? It's happening right now again um, because the amount of money that's being borrowed is so extensive. And I think this probably applies in the States too, but I know 100% that this is the case in Canada is that uh, they're going to freeze the bank rates at the lowest rates that we've seen in many years um, and that makes people think that this is an optimal time for buying because interest rates are, are very, very low. Um, when in fact, it's actually the opposite because yeah, people are going to be compelled to borrow more and more money that we can never pay back. And, uh, it's just going to end up creating more and more poverty and it's going to create a housing bubble that's even larger than the one that we experienced in 2008. And thank you for sharing that video, by right. the way. I'm still on uh, story number four of the dude who, the writer. <laughs> but I'm loving it, dude. It's it's awesome. So, yeah, I listened to uh, oh. a couple of nights or whatever. But, yeah. Let me, let, me, let me tell you something, Sean. By the time you get into chapter number five, chapter yeah. number six, chapter yeah. number seven, you're, you're going to start pulling your hair out. Really? Okay, okay. I'm going to be listening oh. to that as soon as this calls over then because uh, – I have been enjoying it, you're, been it while I paint. So uh, I'll do that again. You're, 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 yeah, you're just drinking the milk right now. You are going through the setup. 
Okay. You're only going through until it hits. <laughs> and if anybody listening to this wants to know, um, on my YouTube channel, Brian Parker Tactical Sovereignty, it's called Waking Up and Leaving the Illusion. And it's uh, 13 or 14 parts. But that is probably the... In the illusion, yeah. yeah. That's probably the best... I mean, it's like eight hours, but that's probably the best thing to provide somebody to get them to wake up and realize what is really going on. And they've been doing this for a long time. This goes back to Yuri Bezmenov from Russia when he defected from Russia and he came here and said, oh, my gosh, you guys are 40 years ahead of us at spreading the ideological subversion of changing the way people think, changing their mindset. And uh, I just want to want to say you said it probably eight hours long. It's going to be eight hours that feels like maybe 45 minutes <laughs> because it's just so well done. <laughs> you're going to get totally sucked into it. It's it's not like your normal boring drab. This is, you know, whatever. It's not all of the complicated legal stuff. It's just very, very straightforward. Um, the kind of thoughts that everybody has about the world around us. So at least that's where I'm at right now. Um, I'm looking forward to having my mind blown on episode five because I just came back to see which one I'm on and uh, I'm just about to start number four. So, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I'd probably say to you, go ahead and skip number four, go to number five. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Brian. Because you've heard enough of the set. You've heard you've heard enough of the setup so far. Just yeah. go to number five and start getting into the meat. Okay. I will. I will. I thought I was already getting there because like there's so much good stuff there. There really is, guys. Um, you know, with respect to living a purposeful life, which is what I'm all about, is like, you know what, we didn't come here to serve these guys. You have a every single one of us has a divine gift that we're supposed to be sharing with the world. And uh don't let anybody tell you that's not worth something, regardless what it is. Yeah. Well, as you'll learn from Chapter 5 forward, a pur purposeful life is the last thing they're concerned about. Absolutely. That's what they want to keep you from having. They want to keep you distracted. They want to keep you... Basically, they want us to be a resource for them to harvest. That's what they want. Exactly. And they want you to watch so the football game. Batteries, right? <clears throat> well, Joe, you're the one that turned me on to that series. Hey, hey, hey. Just because I gave you a series and told you to skip to five doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it means everything, and I'll give you the kudos for it. Thank you, thank you, Joe. But, but, but I don't want the kudos for it. I'm just sharing information. Yeah, and well, that's the way I am with everything. And I just really give, you know, do what you want with it. Well, and there you go. Like I was just talking about how we all have a special gift, right? So, you know, that's a part of it. What we're all doing right here, just sharing information freely, not for profit, not trying to get anything, not trying to one-up our next person or whatever, you know. Uh, we're here to... No, if I could figure out how to make a buck, yeah. If I could figure out how to make a buck, that'd be a different thing, which I think I am onto something that would do that, only because it, it wouldn't be the waking people that are doing it. It'd be the freaking the sheep that do it. 
Well, you know, I, I have a feeling that the way that I'm actually going to begin earning my way in the world one day um, is is through what I am contributing, both artistically. Um, I, I think some of you know that I'm a painter. Um, and uh, I don't know, I've painted like 200 portraits in my time, but I don't really spend a lot of time marketing that. So I'm going to be working on getting a lot of that published on a public domain and just, just monitoring traffic. Um, you know, not charging anybody to, to visit my sites or see my stuff, but basically just monetizing the blog itself. Um, and I've started doing that. And I'm not going to tell you how much I'm making on that right now because it's laughable. But I am, for the first time, making money. And that's enough. Like, that's the first thing that happened. So, uh, you know, and I believe it's uh, going to continue to grow. To make money on art and stuff. Yeah, it's tough. I, I just say, Sean, look, I, I would just say, Sean, uh, before Joe comes back, uh, look up uh, Cox Pop Art, C-O-X okay. Pop Art on YouTube. Okay. Check him out. I will. I, I got a painting from him. I know, I've got one of his paintings. Right on. Um, and uh, I don't know if anybody's really, really interested. Oh, nice. Cool. Really? Okay, so this is kind of like what my stuff is compared to, to be honest with you. Um, people basically say that my stuff is sort of like pop culture, and that's what I would call this. Um, but, uh, and I can't remember now the name of the dude. Uh, never mind, it wasn't meant to be. But Matt's, no, there's Matt's a, got there's a backstory. A you, you should check out his backstory, though, because that's part of what helps him solve. But, uh, Joe, are you going to say something? I was, and uh, the question was, Sean, would you mind if I sent you a personal message to uh, exchange numbers and I can set up a time to call you sometime? Not at all, brother. Um, I'm, I'm going to let you know that right now I'm not using um, a physical telephone just because they've got so much contact tracing and all that nonsense on it. So I'm, but yeah, we can we can chat on Facebook or whatever. Please do, man. I'd, I'd look forward to talking to you. All right. That sounds awesome. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate that, really. Yeah, no problem. Um, so earlier, you guys were talking about the international vehicles and such. Brian probably men mentioned it, but my phone cut out at the time. Would you please be so kind to reiterate which channel posted a video about three years ago uh, talking about that cop um, and all the information? The, uh, yeah, that would have been free. Been freedom from government by Trent Goodbody. Freedom from government by Trent Goodbody. Trent Goodbody. And thank you. And that's G G O O D B A U D Y. I think. Good body. B O D Y. Good. G O O D. No. No. It's G O O D B A U D Y. B A U D Y. Sure that's why he's B -A -U -Y? B -A B -A -U -D -Y. Yeah. Yeah. B -A -U -D -Y. All right. Or you can just find you can you can just find him on Facebook. Um, if you have a hard time finding him on Facebook, go to my friends list on Facebook and look up Trent. And if you want to find Sean on Facebook, go to my friends list on Facebook and look up Sean, S-E-N. 
I believe I actually have him a friend already. I just don't know. haven't messaged him yet. Yep. Anyways, thank you for that, and I appreciate that information. Um, go ahead. You guys can continue your conversation. I'm going to mute out again. All right. Catch you later, Joe. All right. I think we're pretty much at the end of stuff. I think that's pretty much it, right, Sean? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I was only going to add my inspiration as an artist, and I can't remember his name right now. Uh, as it's weird because that'll come to me probably the second we end this call, but because uh, it's never happened before. Um, but anyway, uh, it's I can't say it's similar to this, but uh, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I really like I, I really like what I'm seeing of this. Uh, person named Cox, pop, Cox Pop Art. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. And I don't know if we've lost you again, Brian, but I'm yeah, right now. You hearing me? Uh, I heard Hello? You say Hello? That was it, but I'm going to I'm going to mute myself, Brian, and I'm just going to let you uh, wrap up the call however you'd like to do it. Um, thank you very much for uh, having me on. It was a great chat today, and uh, I'll be here as a listener again next week. Good night. See you guys. I guess we'll close out and try and figure out what the connection situation is here. Uh, April 11th. We've got Micah Dank coming back again, uh, talking about signs and symbols and things that are kind of in our face that we don't realize. Um, he describes the scripture in the skies. I recommend people go back and check that interview out as well. That was about a month ago. But until then, everybody be blessed. And hey, we do what we got to do. Be blessed. See you all next week. Uh, not everything.